You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. So last, last month, we spent a lot of time talking about these cards. And um, really, this is just a sort of a simple way to get you to think again about a, a, a discipline of being in the Word. But it's, it's really designed to be more than that. It's designed also to give you a, a, deeper, um, a deeper opportunity to enter into prayer. Um, so... The cards were really about letting us, uh, teaching us how to listen to God on, in, through the scripture on his own terms. But the last section of those cards invites us into prayer. And it actually invites us to practice the presence of God, to spend time enjoying God. So this month we're taking time to unpack that, uh, to learn how to take our prayers to the next level. And last week Mark kicked off this series on prayer with a great message. He, he did a great job. I'm grateful to him, not just because I got a Sunday off, but because he did a great job. He talked about what it's like for him to learn how to pray when prayer is not what he would call his first language. He used a lot of passages, he spoke very personally and practically, especially about the posture of both personal and corporate prayer. And he brought up something I thought was really interesting, that so many of our models when we come to church are are corporate prayer, which is really different than personal prayer. So um, today I wanna talk about how to to pray um, in in deeply personal and prophetic ways. We're gonna talk about the Um, uh, how to pray the things of heaven down to earth, how to listen for the heart of God, and also how to envision what he sees. And when we turn that into prayer, we we participate in what he's doing on the earth, and we find hope in what can be. We did a little bit of that just now, and we're gonna do that again at the end of this message. But that question, what can be, that really kind of captures the heart of prophetic prayer. So if you're a person who takes notes or either writes in the margins of your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter six and you can write what can be across uh, the top of Matthew six because that's really, that's really the question that's sort of the heading over everything else, what can be. And you can write that on your notes if you're taking notes. I do encourage you, get something to write with, something to write on, uh, get your Bible out to Matthew chapter six. The best way to engage the message is to be interactive with it, and, and uh, for a lot of us that means taking notes. So we're gonna spend the next three or four weeks talking about um, how to access that kind of prayer so we can go deeper than our wish lists. And next week, we're gonna have a chance to share in healing prayer, and we have the most beautiful gift uh, that one of our, our uh, uh, people have, have put together for us. I am so excited to be able to share that gift next week. Um, and, and I'm excited about the next few weeks. We're gonna talk about healing, we're gonna talk about spiritual warfare prayers, um, we're gonna talk about um, uh, praying the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, and a couple of other things, so I'm, I'm good. So like I said, Mark did a great job last week of talking about the ups and downs of his own prayer life, and I loved his honesty and transparency, so I thought I'm gonna take a, um, a page from his um, example, and I'm gonna um, 
give you some examples from my own life of prayer, but I have to tell you, <laughs> I've been meditating on this passage now for, for two weeks on this message. I've, you know, so I didn't have to preach anywhere last Sunday. I, I just spent a lot of time, and I struggled to find words. I really struggled to find words for what we're about to talk about, but I did get an image that came to my mind, and it's been a long time, a long time, since I've shown you an Emmy Joe picture. So this is my icon for today. I love this child so much. If you're a grandmama or granddaddy, you get it. I love this little one. She is so funny. She's so full of life. But there's things like this that happen. Things, you know, <laughs> the caption that came with this text when I got this picture in my text, um, she, the caption was, when you don't believe your mom that there are no more popsicles. <laughs> and that, friends, is about as good a picture of my prayer life as I can come up with right now. <laughs> Does this resonate with anyone else? <laughs> because a lot of my prayers look like this. A lot of my prayers are popsicle prayer, prayers. In that, listen to me, I come already knowing what I want, oblivious to what is actually possible or even what is good for me, and I'm hopped up on sugar and desperate for whatever it is I'm asking for, and so I just know this whole thing is full of popsicles and God's just not opening the door. So I need a sly smile and I also need, um, you know, I need a, um, to try harder. That's, that's it. And God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created the entire universe. He breathed into me the breath of life. And, and, and this is what I'll end up doing. I'll come to him for a popsicle. <laughs> because I get tunnel vision. Like, like the whole refrigerator is just popsicles and God's not giving me one. Never mind that the refrigerator is full of all kinds of other things that are good for me. All I've got in my head is a popsicle. Does this, does this resonate with anybody else in terms of your prayer life? You know, I, I, I've, got, I've got a thing I want and I'm begging God for it. Never mind whether it's, and I know we say that with God all things are possible, but God's not our, our wish list provider. He's not a cosmic Santa Claus, right? Amen? <laughs> I can't understand why he won't give me what he's asking for. I figure he must be holding out either because I've done something wrong or he doesn't understand what I need or, or he's keeping them for himself maybe because <laughs> God only has so many popsicles. There's something else in this picture that reminds me um, of my prayer life. There's a design flaw in Emmy's strategy right here. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot both pull on the refrigerator doors and press against the, your feet against the doors at the same time and expect the doors to open. That's a design flaw. <laughs> but have you ever prayed like that? <laughs> Pushing and pulling at the same time for things that aren't even in there? And while I, I know this to be the case, or, I, or sorry, I don't know this to be the case here. I don't know this to be the case. I do know how lots of scenes like this end for two-year-olds. They end with somebody throwing a tantrum, which is also my prayer life. <laughs> it isn't supposed to occur uh, to, to, uh, to, to dawn on a two-year-old that a mom may know better 
than one more popsicle or that they're really truly, a mom may actually know there are no more popsicles even without answering, I mean opening the door. But I gotta tell you, by the time we get into adulthood, that behavior is no longer acceptable. <laughs> it's, it's not the same to see a 40 year old hanging from the refrigerator doors, <laughs> begging for something that is not inside. And yet there's me coming to the refrigerator with a preconceived notion of what's inside, unable to conceive of any other option. So it's good that Jesus gives us a really clear and easy on-ramp to prayer in Matthew chapter six. And I wanna focus on that in the Lord's Prayer and think together with you about how Jesus might be teaching us to pray prophetically. But we've gotta start with a little preamble to the Lord's Prayer. So turn up to Matthew chapter six, verse five. And here's what I wanna ask you to do. If you're, if you're a person who can write in the, in the margins of your Bible, in the, in the margin between somewhere around verses five through eight, I just want you to write the word focus. In between verses five through eight, just write the word focus. And then somewhere in the vicinity of verses nine and 10, I want you to write the words, focus on what, question mark. Focus on what? And then, in the margin, somewhere in the vicinity of Matthew 6, 11 through 13, write, excuse me, kingdom-focused prayers. Kingdom-focused prayers. Or if you're just taking notes, you can just make those three headings. Focus, focus on what? Kingdom-focused prayers. And there's a common theme here, right? Focus. <laughs> so we're gonna start there. I want you to just listen as I uh, read Matthew chapter six, verses five through eight. He says this, and when you pray, and this is interesting, I'll just stop right here and say, so often when I've preached this passage, I focus on the word when. Like, prayer is not an option. When you pray, you're gonna have to pray. But this time, when I've been meditating on this passage, I'm hearing a lot more the you. Never mind everybody else when you pray. When you pray. And it's kind of interesting. Jesus actually makes some comparisons here, but he's really not asking you to stay on the comparison side. He's just saying, never mind them. When you pray, you who follow Jesus, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, pray to your Father who is unseen, which is kind of, he's, he's kind of um, uh, pulling our next punch before we start complaining about the fact that God, it's hard to pray to a God who's invisible. He's saying, I already get it, I get it, he's not seen. But go in private. It's just gonna feel awkward to you, but go in private so you can pray to this God who is invisible. Pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret. That word in Greek can mean pri private. It's really not meant to be, don't let anybody else know you pray. And so often that's the way we handle this little verse right here, but it's not supposed to be pray so nobody else knows it. It's really just, look, you need to get away from everybody else so you can focus in. 
So when you pray to your father who is unseen, go into your uh, closet so your, he, so your father who sees, so where am I? So who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. And when you pray, he says, don't keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So when I've read this passage before, as I said, I usually focus on that word when, but the word is actually you, it's you. Never mind those who pray in public or who only pray when they have needs, who, who feel like um, if I just keep talking, eventually God will have to give in. Never mind them. When you pray, find a quiet place where it's just you and God so you and God can be together, so God can show you things. <laughs> So God can show you things. Because it isn't until we get quiet that we can hear him. So Jesus says, you, you who follow Jesus, when you pray, don't do it just for looks and don't spend all your prayer time talking because the fact is, in a conversation with the creator of the universe, you might not be the most intelligent person in the room. So get someplace by yourself, close the door, not to keep it secret, but so you can hear the heart of God and begin to pray the heart of God. He sets us up to listen. And then Jesus gives this simple pattern for prayer that begins with listening. He begins with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, that's verse verse nine. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we think of this line as a listening line, it becomes an opportunity to shift our mindset before we begin to pray for things. So come back to our picture of little Miss Emmy hanging from the refrigerator. Right now, she is hoping one of two things. If she looks cute enough or tries hard enough, popsicles will appear in her hand. But I know this about that little girl. She loves her mama. She trusts her mama. (laughs) And she is responding right now like a two-year-old. But she gets who her mama is. She knows her mama. So when we start with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, it's an invitation to learn our daddy. (laughs) To learn our father. So that we're not stepping into prayer feeling guilty or feeling distrust or thinking God's just waiting for us to make a wrong move so he can squash us. That's not our father. And so we, we have this opportunity to, um, to, to um, pray God's character into our lives, to understand his preferences so we can trust his heart and believe what he believes is possible. So what do we know to be true about God? Tell me, what do we know to be true about God? Just call it out. He's loving, he's everywhere. He's faithful, he's good, he's just, he provides. He's slow to anger, he's compassionate. He's forgiving, he's kind. He loves us, yes, yeah. God gives good things to people he loves and God loves us, amen? 
if we know these things to be true, that ought to change how we walk into the place of prayer. God is able, God is good, God is powerful, God designed me, and God gives good things to people he loves, and God loves me. Good prophetic prayer begins right here. It begins not with what I need, but with the character of God. (laughs) And yet how many of our prayers start right off the top with the list? Good prophetic prayer begins not with what I need, but with the character of God. And the goal of prophetic prayer is the kingdom of God. That's verse 10. Jesus tells us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about the kingdom coming down to earth. And Jesus would not have taught us that the kingdom, that it is possible for the kingdom to come down to earth if the kingdom could not come down to earth. Right? He could not have taught us that if it's not true. He would not have taught us. In other words, if there's no popsicle in the refrigerator, God would not tell us there's a popsicle in the refrigerator. But it turns out the kingdom is coming on earth and now we have this opportunity, we have an invitation to enter in, to to partner with God in in the coming of the kingdom. So long before Jesus passed through the grave, passed through hell, kicked out the back door and came to life again, conquered death and ushered in a new reality, he prepared his followers by teaching us to pray for the kingdom to come. Isn't that glorious? And that thought is at the heart of what we call the Lord's prayer. When his followers asked him to teach us how to pray, he he taught them this little five-line prayer, and at the center of it is this explosive request that through us, through our prayers, and through our faith, and through our response to the Holy Spirit's voice, God is going to bring his kingdom in. Do you believe that? God is going to bring his kingdom in. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that is the one thread of hope I am hanging on to. Because man, this world right now, it's tough. And it would become so easy to feel fatalistic in the middle of hard things, but I am hanging on. Friends, it's, it's what you know, they, what's the, uh, the old preacher guy used to say, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, right? <laughs> We are all too human right now, but the kingdom is coming. Your kingdom come, God, on earth as it is in heaven. So whether they realized it or not, those first followers of Jesus, when they prayed that one line of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus was teaching his followers to pray themselves into God's vision of his kingdom manifest on earth. That's what Jesus asked us to do when he taught us to pray. He taught us to pray bigger than ourselves. So I have to tell you what happened last week. Um, I was working on this message and in the process of thinking about this concept of praying kingdom realities down to earth, I was looking for something in my computer files that I'd written before on kingdom down prayers. 
and I stumbled across a, a message I preached in 2011 when we were in the middle of the Imagine campaign, the campaign that, that allowed us to purchase this building that we are in. And it was, it was uh, I wrote back then, we, we, um, that, that it was a very big leap for us, that it took a lot of faith to be uh, on the part of a lot of people to make it happen. And, and I was talking about praying God's kingdom to come, coming to earth and, and what it looks like when we start to pray for kingdom things. And way back then, I said these exact words. I know because I write it all down. I said, I, am pr I wanna pray that we can teach reading to children with disabilities in this building. That was eight years before we found the Center for New Beginnings. Six years before we really got serious about building the Mosaic Center, which gave the structure we needed to do what we do in partnership with the Center for New Beginnings. And today we have 10 or 12 full-time therapists in this building Monday through Friday teaching reading and behavioral skills and language and love to children with disabilities every day. Amen. So I was right in the middle, listen, I was right in the middle of reading that sentence and thinking, okay, that is awesome. <laughs> he does. He, he, he does know what's in the refrigerator. He does finish what he started. If it is his word, he will, he is true. And in the middle of reading that, when I get a text from someone um, that I had invited to become a donor for the inclusive playground that we're building for those children with disabilities. And this donor said, I didn't realize I could do this, but I'm actually going to be able to give $5,000 toward the playground. <laughs> While I'm reading that sentence. So friends, I gotta tell you, we don't have all the funds for the playground yet, but we went ahead and ordered it. <laughs> we ordered it because we know that God finishes what he started. You don't have to knock me over the head a bunch of times before I realize the refrigerator may actually have another popsicle in it. I absolutely believe God is gonna finish what he started on this property because what God purposes, God accomplishes. So I want you to look around right now. Look around this room. Look around, I'm telling you, look all around this room. And I am asking you to pray possibility. He did not bring us this far to pull back now. We are here because God, because Jesus himself commissioned the body of Christ to preach good news to the poor, Amen. to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, particularly in our case, those who are held captive to addiction and to announce the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. To give the oil of gladness instead of the ashes of mourning. Amen. That's what we're here for, friends. That's what we are here for. 
And the provision, the provision for that, the refrigerator is stuffed with it. It's stuffed with it. The fact is the refrigerator is full of good food that brings the kingdom in. But if you are stuck on popsicles, <laughs> you'll never think to ask for what is actually possible. If you're stuck on popsicles, you will never ask for what is actually possible. So stop asking for a full room. Ask God to give us the ones nobody else wants. Ask God to give us the poor. Send us the poor. Send us the brokenhearted. Send us the ones who are held captive right now. Send us the ones who don't fit in other places, who don't have the clothes for it. Send us the ones who never knew they had the favor of God. Go back and look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter six. I want you to notice how it's divided into two parts. The first part focuses on God's character and God's kingdom. So right there is the secret. In that verse, verses nine and 10, the secret to praying prophetically. Start with God's character and aim for God's kingdom. I want you to write that down. Start with God's character and aim for God's kingdom. Start with God's character and aim for God's kingdom. Say that together with me. Start with God's character and aim for God's kingdom. Say it again. Start with God's character and aim for God's kingdom. That's how we begin to pray prophetically. The second part of the prayer gets specific about the kinds of things that really matter to God. So Jesus teaches us to pray, not just for my food, but for our food. <laughs> for God to provide in such a way that we become the answer to the hungers in the world. So I think about our pantry team hauling hundreds of pounds of food every week for folks whose incomes are pretty slim, week in, week out. We have folks who want to be the answer to the hungers in this world. And that's something to give God thanks for. And then Jesus asks us to pray, not just for provision, and not just for forgiveness, but that we might carry the character of grace into the world. Amen. I mean, that's really what he's saying when he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's really about carrying the character of grace. I need to be humbled, humble enough to acknowledge the things I've done wrong. Not so he can shame me, but so I can get over it, so I can grow through it, so I can carry God's character of grace into the world, offering the same ministry of reconciliation to the world that Jesus has offered to me, so I can be an agent of grace. And then he, he teaches us to, to, uh, to teach that, to, to, to walk in grace toward a hard world, teach us how to walk in forgiveness toward those who hurt us, Intentionally or unintentionally, Lord, teach us to be agents of grace because I want to be the answer to your prayer. So I got to tell you, if you're holding a grudge right now, you are not the answer to Jesus' prayer. <laughs> and then Jesus asks us to pray. And I just got to say, provision and grace, those are huge things. 
Provision is about praying for a spirit of abundance rather than a spirit of scarcity. And grace is about praying the power of the cross over the world. These are huge kingdom things. And then Jesus asks us to pray not just that we won't be tempted, but that we might become warriors in the fight against evil and injustice. And that is a huge prayer. So three things are enough to last the rest of your life. Pray that you'll have a spirit of abundance and not scarcity. Pray that you, will have a, that you will be an agent of grace, that you will carry the power of the cross into the world and into every single relationship you have. And pray that you will, uh, that you will fight the powers of gar- darkness. I don't know how to use my small life for such big things. But I'm asking you, Jesus, to teach me how to walk in grace while I fight the enemy of the kingdom of God. Show me how to follow you into the homes of the poor and to challenge oppression and injustice. And show me, Jesus, how to delight in creation and see it as an abundance and not a scarcity. To feel the pain of our wounded world and to also imagine a world that is made whole. Lord, teach me these things. Oh, goodness, I'm about to fall over. (laughs) To look around us and to ask, what can be? Steve Shogren says, the key is for us to strive to see what he sees, to see how he sees. Just imagine the power of seeing others as he already sees them. God is up to something in every single life around us right now. So go to the store, walk by dozens of people or hundreds. Every one of those people is sacred geography that God is profoundly moving upon. So how can we pray like that? How do we pray like that? What are the things that have not yet been accomplished on earth that God wants to see accomplished on earth in the sacred geography of the people around me? Because whatever is happening in heaven, that's what we ought to be praying for on earth. And are there wars in heaven? Come on, tell me. Then we ought to be praying against war on earth. Is there racism in heaven? Then we ought to be praying against it here. Is there anger or hatred or unbelief in heaven? Then we ought to be praying against those things here. The real question we have to keep asking ourselves is this, what can be? What can be? It seems to me that prophetic prayer begins with this question and is informed by our ability to know the character of God, adopt a kingdom mindset, believe in the power of prayer, to go after kingdom reality. So is there unforgiveness in heaven? No. <laughs> is there temptation or self-interest in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there COVID in heaven? No. Is there isolation in heaven? Is there community in heaven? Is there love in heaven? Is there worship in heaven? Because right here, right now, we can pray all those things down. We can work against 
biases and discrimination and promote healing right here, right now. We can teach reading to children with disabilities and art to troubled kids and we can invite the stranger in and we can give the thirsty ones something to drink right here, right now. We can become a mission outpost for our corner of the world right here, right now. We don't have to wait for anything. Yeah, I love that little girl in that picture so much. I love her sense of play, but I am very aware that she is two and I am not. She has a right to act like a two-year-old, I don't. So I am moved and convicted by my little prayer icon. And by the kind of prayer, Jesus inspires and teaches us to pray. In Matthew chapter six is a far cry from popsicle prayers. Jesus is inviting us into a partnership, into the work of welcoming and advancing the kingdom of God. So I have a question for you, and this is the question I want you to sit with. Do your prayers narrow your view of the kingdom? or do they expand it? Do your prayers narrow your view of the kingdom or do they expand it? I wanna share one more vision with you before we stand up and pray again together. This one was shared uh, years ago, it was probably 20, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there, before the Imagine campaign where we bought this building. Um, somebody in our church who experienced this vision late one night in her own home. And I just want to share one part with you. She writes, he showed me mosaic in the future. The business park next door was nearly complete and the business park next door is nearly complete. (laughs) She said there were trees between the park and the church. They didn't used to be. And the church split She said, this is like a literal split of the building. And water began to flow down and she didn't know where it was coming from. It was someplace high and it flowed down and came right through the middle of the the church. There were large rocks on either side and the water was moving quickly, but the building was still intact and the water was flowing from somewhere. I couldn't figure out where it came from, but it was flowing out of the building into the world. And I was just looking at this vision again yesterday. And I thought, wow, this actually happened here. That side of the building is the Mosaic Center and this side of the building is the church. And the Holy Spirit is the glue that holds it together. God is gonna do what God is gonna do. You may not understand what he's saying to you all the time. You may not get uh, every picture or every word that comes to you, but I promise you, if you will listen, he's gonna tell you what's in the refrigerator. (laughs) And if you will pray the character of God, the kingdom of God, his provision, his grace, his power, over the enemy of our soul, God will answer those prayers. Amen. So I wanna ask you to stand again. We're gonna pray together. If you, if you 
If you are someone who just needs to pray by yourself, you can stay right where you are and bow your head, close your eyes, or you can come up here and kneel. But I'm gonna ask you to get back in those prayer triangles right now. I'm gonna ask you to get back in those same triangles. And we're gonna pray again. We're gonna pray, hopefully, this time. Go ahead and stand up, if you will, if you're, if you're, we're gonna pray, hopefully. I'm just gonna ask you to pray the first thoughts that come to your mind, the first things that come to your mind. And these are gonna be quick prayers. Just, Lord, what, what would you have us pray? What, what do we know to be true about you, about your kingdom? What do we know to be true? And you're gonna to start to pray that, okay? You're gonna to start to pray that right now. You go ahead and start praying. And we're gonna come out of that into the Lord's Prayer together. And we've got it on the screen when we come out of it. And then we're gonna worship again. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.